which comes to us in Asia. This is Paul talking. That we were burdened excessively beyond our strength. So that we despair even of life. Indeed, we had the sentence of death within ourselves, so that we would not trust in ourselves, but in God, who raises the dead, who delivered us from so great a peril of death, and will deliver us again. He on whom we have set our hope, and he will yet deliver us. You also joining in helping us through our, your prayers, so that thanks may be given to many persons on our behalf for the favor bestowed on us through the prayers of many. May God bless the readers, the hearers, doers of his word. Let us pray. Lord, our Father, we thank you for today. We thank you for another opportunity to come before your people in order to expound on your word. Thank you, God, for this opportunity. Now we ask that the hearts of your people are receptive, and we pray, God, that you continue to bless them and keep them like only you can, God. We pray and thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. The title of my lesson today is Trust the God of All Comfort. Some of us sometimes, like Paul, we get dismayed, we get afflicted, we get stressed, we get unappreciated, we get we get we get bowed down in this life as a Christian, and God is telling us wait on me. I'll give you what you need. If we just trust in the God of comfort, we will continue to walk this path because this path is not easy. If you look at Paul, all the thing he had to deal with because of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Some of you going to be burdened down because you're going to feel alone in this battle. You're going to feel sometimes that, is it worth it? I'm going through all this. Is it worth it? There's a myth among Christians that uh, I often hear people say. God will not put on you more than you can bear. Maybe you heard it. Uh, maybe you've even said it. There are some of, there are some of the problems that Paul faced spreading the gospel. He was in prison, beaten, stoned. He had lack of money and finances. There were plots to kill him. His message was rejected. His friends deserted him. He was persecuted and oppressed. He was shipwrecked. Also, people did not believe he was apostle. He was the apostle he said he was, and that he was even converted. If you remember, he was a killer of Jews. He did not believe. Have you ever been in a hopeless situation? Paul was one. He hadn't done anything that caused him to be in this situation. In fact, he had followed God's leading straight into a place of despair. 
Paul was a man who served God, knew God, and pursued his calling at all costs. That should demonstrate to us that a life of service to the king doesn't guarantee life without difficulties, without sorrows, without sacrifice. Paul suffered greatly because of his faithfulness and obedience to Christ. Paul's suffering and ours are directly related to God's purpose of using us to minister to others. I want that to stick. Because, see, the purpose of you being a Christian and spreading the gospel and giving your life to Christ is not just for you. Is God taking you through something so you can tell your story of how good he is and how he brought you through? Personal brokenness allows us to be stripped of our self-sufficiency and moves us to a deeper level of trust in and dependence on an all-sufficient God. As we go to the chapter, I'm going to start. I, this, is, this, is, this was really a blessing to me as I studied it. And I cannot pass up these particular verses before I get to verse 8. And it says, Blessed be the God and the Father of the Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of the mercies and God of all comfort, who comforts us in our affliction so that we will be able to comfort those who are, uh, are in any affliction with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted. For just as the suffering of Christ are, are ours in abundance, so that so also our comfort is, a, is abundant through Christ. This is simply saying that the more we serve Christ, the more we're going to suffer. You've got to expect suffering. One of, the, one of the afflictions is being alone. If you can't stand to be alone with just Jesus Christ alone, you're going to have some problems in this life. Being alone helps you to get closer to Christ. I talked about int intimacy Friday night. It's a love relationship. And you have to spend time with him. And then before you know it, you enjoy this relationship. You're not scared of being alone. One of the problems of we are scared of being alone because of our mind is so busy that if it shuts down and just don't think about anything, we get scared. But the idea is shut it down, allow God to fill that space. Even if it's just saying, help me, Jesus. I need you right now. That's power in that name. Help me, Jesus. I need you right now. You have to spend that time, that quality time with Jesus. In verse 6 it says, But if we are afflicted, it is, it is for your comfort and salvation. Because see, sometimes we are so busy doing what we have to do. God got to afflict us just to slow us down. He has to afflict us, maybe 
lose a job, maybe even create an atmosphere of divorce, lose a loved one, because sometimes we can put these people in God's place as idols, and we have no time for God. So he's saying here that the comfort that you get is from the fact that I am with you and the fact that the Holy Spirit is with you. That gives you all comfort. Not only that, the fact that you've been saved, you're going to heaven, so you need to act like you saved. Some of us, some of us, uh, 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 we... It gets so good, sometimes prosperity can hurt us. It gets so good that we hanging out with the, the folks we used to hang out with. We partying and, and we shuffling and uh, we doing the things they doing instead of they doing what we supposed to be doing. We doing what they doing because we've got comfortable in our prosperity. So God has to afflict us, whether it's through stress, through health, through uh, uh, health problems, through a job. God knows how to afflict you. He knows you personally. He knows what hurts. Sometimes he has to remove someone you love in order to get your attention. So in 6 is saying, uh, uh, but if we were afflicted, it is for your comfort and salvation. Or if we were comforted, it is for your comfort, which is affected in the patient enduring of the same suffering which we all suffer. This is simply saying, you're going to suffer. I've suffered. You suffer. Jesus Christ suffered to show us how to suffer. Paul suffered to show us how to suffer, that there will be suffered. Anytime God gives us a story, it's the story behind the story. Paul was afflicted, and he's telling you, you are going to be afflicted. Now, let me give you a definition of this word, afflicted. It simply means pain, anguish, distress, stress of causing mental or emotional turmoil, affliction. It can come in the form of, it can come in many forms, the form of a job, a form of a marriage, an ex-marriage, a form of a, a, a dying loved one, a form of just having no peace. Affliction. Now, that, 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 that word, it says, um, in verse 7, and our hope for you is firmly grounded, knowing that you, that as you are sharers of our suffering, so also you are sharers of our comfort. This simply saying that Paul was afflicted. His followers, his disciples, his, his, his people shared that same pain and affliction that he went through. But they also shared in the same comfort. See, when God allows you to go through an affliction, and I said it before, he just doesn't allow you to go through that affliction for you. He allows you to go through that affliction for your brother. Because life will cause him to be or her to be afflicted. 
and you come alongside her and saying, it's going to be all right. I done been through this. I know God going to take care of you. It's going to be all right. So that's the, the comfort that we bring to others that God has brought to us. That's the purpose for coming to church. A lot of people say, why I got to go to the building all the time? Somebody needs you at the building. Somebody needs your testimony at the building. Some of us don't want to share our story. But God didn't allow you to go through this in order to keep it to yourself. He wants you to be a witness on how good, he, how he brought you out, how he brought you over. God wants you to be a witness for him. There's a word for comfort in the Greek. Our pastor said many times called paraclete. One that comes alongside you. The Holy Spirit to comfort you, to guide you, to give you what you need in the times of affliction. This is what God is doing in our life. This is what we have to expect. Some of us cry, oh, woe is me. I'm going through this again. As though Paul said, we feel like we're dying. But God said, you feel that way because you're not bringing your problem to me. When you bring your problem to me, I give you rest. I give you peace. I remove that feeling of death because I have brought the dead back to life. God came. He is the destroyer of sin and death. Whether it's emotional death, physical death, he is the one that brings it back to life. When we accept him as our Lord and Savior, he has brought the dead man back to life. Okay, my, if I can give you a first point, I want you to write this down. In verse 8 it says, For we do not want you to be unaware, brethren, of our affliction which came to us in Asia. That we were burdened excessively beyond our strength so that we despaired even alike. Meaning that they got to the point that they just wanted to die. My first point is suffering has a purpose. Like Paul, Satan is always trying to weaken, restrict, confine, and crush your ministry. When that happens, you know Satan is at work. So therefore, we need to allow the comforter to come in by you spending time with God, spending time in the Word of God, coming to Bible study, coming to, 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 to uh, 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 church on Sundays and Wednesdays. Wednesday morning, Wednesday night is where you really learn because the word uh, on Sundays is, is, is really sometimes it's a show. Uh, is, but the word of God is being dismantled on Sunday. But you, God, through the pastor, is allowed to break it down a little more simpler so you can chew it on Wednesday. 
and Sunday morning. So you can see some of us words are uh, 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 too much for our soul, so we kind of throw it back up. So like a baby, the pastor has to chew it up and give it to you so you can receive it. Like I say, Paul, uh, as in his ministry, the devil was always trying to weaken him, restrict him, confine him, crush him. And you're no different from Paul. See, the problem is we don't take this life as a Christian seriously. You at war. I'm going to say that again. You are at war because the devil is upset because you've given your life to Christ. And he don't want you to be an effective disciple. So therefore, we walk around crippled, wounded casualties talking about woe is me. But he wants us to stand strong like Paul. Paul said all this happened to him, but yet I give God the glory and I continue to strive toward the mark. See, the mark is Jesus Christ until the end of your life. Jesus Christ until the day you die. That's the mark. You striving to be like Jesus until the day you die. And then, when you cross over, you are glorified. And let me tell you this. There is a special crown for those that know how to suffer and keep marching and keep telling the story. There are special rewards. Sometimes God's allows situations to appear hopeless to direct your focus unto him. Verse 9 says, Indeed, we have the sentence of death within ourselves so that we would not trust in ourselves, but in God, who raises the dead. Whatever situation you're in, God can raise that situation from the dead. And it doesn't matter what it is. Sometimes we think we are afflicted with special affliction. But God is telling you there's nothing that he can't solve. He's with you. He's alongside you. He's with you when you think he's not. When you go to the club and you're doing your thing, he's with you. When you go to the dope house and you buy your joint, he's with you. When you go to the club and you're drinking a bottle of drinks because you're afflicted, he's still with you. When you come off that hangover, he's going to say, I'm here. What do you need? We thinking we need a drink. We thinking we need a joint. We think we need uh, 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 an affair with anything. But the space that God is trying to fill is the word of God. That space that he feels will give you comfort. That's what he's trying to do. He's trying to fill that space with the word. So, if I can say this, alone and felt like he was dying, so you won't trust in yourself. That's the reason why he allows you to go through this suffering 
to let you know you can't do this by yourself. You need me. I am your Lord and Savior. I can save you from this situation. Just trust in me. So if you don't get anything out of that verse, understand that suffering has its purpose and he wants you to depend on him. In verse 10, it says, Who delivered us from so great a peril of death and will deliver us? He on whom we have set our hope and will yet deliver us. He will deliver you. He will deliver you. So if I can give you a second point, I would say trust God. Don't give your trust to your own understanding or a counselor or somebody else that, that don't believe in God. Wait on God. Trust in him. And while you're trusting in him, continue to read the word and understand the word. Because him alongside you as a pleroclete going to give you an understanding. All you have to do is get in the word. And he's going to give you that understanding. Trust God. Trust simply means confident expectation. I believe you, God, regardless of my circumstance, regardless of what I'm going through. I trust you and I believe you. It's a surety, a sure thing. Embrace all your circumstances. We always read Romans 8:28, for God uses all things all things. He didn't say something. If you don't remember anything, remember he's using that to get you to grow to a certain level of maturity and a certain level of trust. When you're going through something, say, God, what are you trying to teach me? Then go to his word. What are you trying to teach me, God? Sometimes we lose focus trying to please people. When you lose focus, Get alone in your prayer closet, and sometime all you have to say is help me, Jesus. That word has power. That name has power. And he will bring you back into his presence where you belong. This is the intimacy that God wants. He wants to drive you back to himself. God promised to sustain and keep you in his perfect peace. That's the void. That's really what we're looking for. We want to be in his peace, but we're looking for it in the world. And the world has no peace for us. You can go out and make a million dollars and have no peace. That's the peace that he wants you to have. One, suffering has a purpose. Two, trust God. He's able to deliver you even from the dead. With a God with that kind of power, how would you not trust him? He delivered us from the dead. That simply means that as Christians, you will never die. Your body will resolve and go back to the dust, but you, your soul, your spirit will live forever. That's a blessing. That's a promise from God. So as I go to verse 11... 
It says, you also joining in helping us through our prayers so that thanks may be given by many persons on our behalf for the favor bestowed upon us through the prayers of many. As we on the prayer line, those who are devoted to the prayer line pray about many things. But more than anything, we're praying about the saints in your life as a Christian. The people paid, prayed about Paul. And if I can give you a point three, through your prayers, you comfort others. Partnership in suffering builds divine patience and endurance. Pray for each other's strength. The more you endure righteousness suffering, the greater you will be comforted and rewarded. When you bask in his blessings of, of his nearness, his life will flow through you to others. This is called the abundant life. God say, I not only give you life, but I give it to you more abundantly. When you're able to pray and bring somebody comfort, that's called the abundant life. Because the best thing, and our pastor said this, the best thing you can do for somebody is pray for them. Some of us say, well, my prayer, I don't, wanna, I don't think I'm strong enough. No. If you're a Christian, pray. Pray without ceasing. If you're a Christian, pray for others. If they ask for your prayer, you give them the best prayer you got. That's the comfort in being a brethren in this life. God lets us experience difficult circumstances so he can use it to minister to others and emphasize or empathize with their pain. When you offer comfort to a fellow believer, you serve as a conduit for the comfort of God. God is using you to comfort others. That's part of your mandate is to pray for others. Some of us think my prayers don't work. There was a study done by a college that said, we're going to pray for this particular thing. 10,000 people prayed for that thing. And it was affected that next week that very thing happened. So the more people pray for you, the better chance that you'll see the strength of God and you'll be comforted. Don't ever think that your prayer is not answered. Don't ever think your prayer is not worthy. Pray for others and then accept their prayers for you because this is a part of the partnership that we have with Jesus Christ. Trust in God, the God of all comfort. Believe that he can, you got to uh, believe that he will answer your prayers. The more you get in his word, the more intimate you become with him, and then the stronger you become. Because now you begin to have spiritual capacity to handle the onslaught of the devil. Because I remember I told you, we're in war. And a lot of us are casualties. 
because we have not prepared. We don't put on the whole armor daily when we walk out of the house. May God bless the readers, the hearers, and the doers of his word.